Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome back to the Grounded Podcast. Today we're going to be looking at John chapter 14, but before we get into John 14, I just want to uh, say something I've said in a previous podcast before, that because um, we just finished John 13, and John chapter 14 is just a continuation of Jesus talking to his disciples in his intimate setting uh, from John chapter 13 to John chapter 14. Um, there were in, when, when these men penned their original letters, when John was writing his letter, or the the book of, as we know as the book of John, there he did not put in. Okay, now I'm going to go to chapter 14 and verse one. That did not exist. It was just like one big run-on sentence. You can you can uh, you can Google uh, pictures of the the Greek manuscripts. There's over five thousand copies of Greek manuscripts of the New Testament. And you'll see what it looks like. Uh, the Greek letters were, they're all in, in caps and, and uh, it's just like one big run on sentence. Uh, maybe four or five hundred years ago or so, uh, some man has put these chapter breaks in and it's convenient for us. And these verses, it's very convenient for us because, uh, you know, I can say, well, I can look up John chapter 14, verse 1, and I can see Jesus hanging out with his disciples. Um, so it, it's, it's for our convenience that these uh, these chapters and verses are put in the Bible, but sometimes they come in a bad place because in uh, John chapter 13, is in John chapter 14, or they, they should have never been split apart because Jesus is in this room. Judas has just left to betray him, and the, the disciples are freaking out, wondering what's going on, and Jesus has told uh, told them that uh, one of them is going to be- betray him, and they're thinking, you know, who, is it me? Who is it? How could one of us uh, betray you? And and John chapter fourteen is just a continuation of Jesus having this intimate discussion with his disciples as uh, he knows what's about to happen, and he's been trying to explain to them uh, what is going to take place. And, and that's exactly what's going on here is he's sitting with these 11 men that are left, Judas being gone, uh, to betray him, to sell him for his 30 pieces of silver and get his money. And he's, he's, he's trying to explain to these men that, Hey, I've been trying to tell y'all for three years that I'm going to die and you're going to be taking my place and you're going to, the kingdom's going to be put into your hands. And, and I'm just going to be with you just a, a short time. And, Little did they know this is the last night that they're going to be with him. And and after this, he even tells them in a little bit, you're going to be scattered. Uh, you're going to deny me. And, all, and you know, Peter's like, no, I'll never deny you. I'll die with you. And they all 12 said that we'll die with you. But that didn't happen that way. Um, they were people. They were men just like you and, you and I, you and me. Uh, they're just every ordinary, everyday people. And uh, uh, Jesus chose these these twelve men to pour Himself into, and to teach them His teachings, and and to get them to know about God, and to know God, and to know Him, and to put their trust in Him, as we'll see here in a few minutes in the Scriptures. And He left the kingdom 
uh, with them. And now these men are gone, and God has chosen you and me to 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 give to give us the keys of the kingdom to let us drive the car if you will and and to tell people about jesus to tell people about his saving grace and to show his love and his, his unconditional love as we talked about uh in a, a previous podcast and to show his grace and his mercy and so we have to be that example uh, to this lost and dying world and because we are literally the hands and feet of jesus and so we're going to take a look at John chapter 14. And I, you know, I would love to be a fly on the wall just to see Jesus interact with these 11 men and to hear how he talked to these, these men out, out of love just before he is about to be betrayed and crucified. He has just washed the disciples' feet and he's had his last Passover meal with these, uh, these men. And like I said a while ago, Judas has left the room to go and collect his money. Uh, to sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and he's going to gather his little militia uh, with, with, with their weapons to come and arrest Jesus. And Jesus is there in the room, and he's talking to the 11 that's left. And you, 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 you can only imagine how bewildered, I guess would be a good word, uh, word uh, bewildered that these men are because they've been with Jesus for over three years and here he is telling them, "This is it, guys. I, 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 I'm going. I'm fixing to be leaving you." And so they're scared to death. Um, they're wondering what's going on, and they're freaking out. And 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 so Jesus is going to try to comfort them the best that he can. And we left chapter 13 as Jesus gave the command to love, and we talked about how that is agape love, which is an unconditional love, and and how he. He gave that command for his disciples and us as well to love without conditions, to love one another just as he has loved them. And Peter wants to know where Jesus is going. And I'm sure Peter speaking for the other uh, the other ten that are left in the room. I'm sure they want to know also where Jesus is going because they, they want to go with him. And Jesus says, at this time, you, you can't go with me. But I'm going to come back and I'm, I'm going to get you and, and, and we'll be together forever and this is the place where peter tells jesus i'm going to die with you and and jesus says peter you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows and peter says i'll never deny you and yet we know the story he he does he he denies jesus three times and so we pick up in chapter 14 and jesus says this and it's a it's 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 a very widely known verse where jesus says don't let your hearts be troubled Trust in God and also trust in me. And here again is this, this Greek word terasso, uh, where it says, don't let your hearts be troubled or terasso. It means to cause an, uh, one inward commotion, to take away calmness of mind. If you're not, what's the opposite of calm? If you're not calm, you're freaking out. And Jesus sees his disciples freaking out over what he's telling them. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be freaking out on me here. Just trust in God and trust in me. Everything's going to be uh, okay. <clears throat> so he throws out a word to them. He says, the word is trust. Now, if you've ever had somebody to hurt you, and I mean hurt you deep, and it could be a loved one, uh, it could be a friend, a close friend, 
a family member, whoever, then once you have that trust broken, it's hard to gain that trust back, right? But Jesus has never done anything for them to lose trust in him. And, and so he is telling them, don't be freaking out on me here, guys. Trust in God and trust in me. But once our trust has been broken by anybody, it, and, and, and especially if it's been broken multiple times, it's really hard to trust anybody. And here's Jesus. He's been hanging out with these guys for three years. And now he's saying, you know, I've got to leave. I'm going to be gone. But trust in God and trust in me. Uh, the King James Version uses the word believe instead of trust. But it, it carries the same meaning here. The Greek word is pistuo, which means to think to be true, to be persuaded of, uh, to credit or place confidence in. And I, I like that. Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled, but place your confidence in God. Place your confidence in me. You know, if, if you don't believe in yourself, most of the time, nobody's going to believe in you. Jesus believed in himself. He knew who he was. And he told the people, even the re religious leaders, over and over and over again, who he was. And he never backed down. And so he is trying to get these men to understand who he is, that he is from God, that he is the Messiah that they've been looking for. And that's why he says over and over again, if you don't trust what I'm saying, you'll see it here in a few minutes. But uh, he says, if you don't trust what I'm saying, at least trust the works that you see me do. They prove that I am the Messiah. Trust in God and trust in me. And notice that he doesn't say trust God and he doesn't say trust me. He says, trust in God. Trust in me. And this carries a whole different meaning than just saying, trust me or trust God. And I want to uh, try my best to explain it by using an episode of Andy Griffith that I just seen the other day, actually. It's, it's the episode of Mr. McBeavy. And Mr. if you've ever seen that episode, you know that Mr. McBeavy, I believe he worked on telephone lines because he's always up in the trees. It's how Opie explained it to Andy and, and Barney. And he's always up in the trees. He wears a shiny hat and he, he wears a belt and it's full of tools so it jingles. And, and, and that's how Opie explains Mr. McBeavy uh, to Andy and, and, and Barney. He, he says uh, uh, he, he's, he jingles. And he can make smoke come out of his ears. And he wears the shiny hat. Uh, he gives, uh, Mr. McBeavy gives Opie a hatchet. And Andy makes him take it back. And then he gives him a quarter. And they're like, where'd you get the quarter? And they say, well, Mr. McBeavy uh, gave it to me. And so Andy and Barney, mainly Barney, uh, he, he gets a, uh, he, he's going to draw a, a sketch of what Mr. he thinks Mr. McBeavy looks like. And so he starts asking Opie these questions uh, so he can explain what Mr. McBeavy looks like so he can, he can draw him. And uh, uh, he, Opie says that he wears a, a, a shiny hat and he jingles. And like I said, he, he makes smoke come out of his ears. And Barney, he just doesn't believe Opie and what Opie is saying. And so he convinces Andy that Opie is playing a, a make-believe like he did at the beginning of the show when he was playing make-believe with his make-believe horse. And uh, 
And that's a, a funny part of the show because uh, Andy tricks Barney into going out and, and thinking that they had a horse, but it was a make-believe horse. So the long story short, <clears throat> and you can watch the episode for yourself. It's pretty cool. It's, a, it's one of my favorite ones. Opie tells Andy to go meet Mr. McBeavy for himself. And so Andy uh, goes to the woods and Opie is with him. And they go out there to the spot where Mr. McBeavy always comes down and meets Opie. But what Opie didn't know and what Andy didn't know, uh, because Andy's kind of not believing Opie to begin with, but Mr. McBeavy had gotten a, a phone call. And so he had to come down from the, uh, the pole or the trees uh, to leave. And so he was gone from the area. And so Opie and uh, or, uh, hollers for Mr. McBeavy several times, but Mr. McBeavy's not there, so he doesn't answer the call. He doesn't come down from the trees like he always has. And so Andy's really uh, having trouble believing Opie at this point, and, and he's kind of been convinced by Barney uh, that Mr. McBeavy is not real and that Opie's playing make-believe. Um, so he kind of thinks Opie's lying here. And when they get home, Andy questions him. And he's up in his room and he threatens to spank him. And he says, uh, Opie, come out with the truth and tell me, just say that Mr. McBeavy isn't real. And Opie is almost to the point of tears. And he, 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 he says, Paul, I, I, I can't. I, I, I can't say that Mr. M- Mr. McBeavy isn't real, that, that he's make-believe, because he's real. And Opie says these words. He says, don't you believe me, Paul? Don't you, Paul? And Andy replies, I believe you. But watch this. Barney's in the living room, and he's, he's talking to Aunt B, and they're waiting for Andy to come come down or come come the little steps they have. And Andy comes in the living room and, and, and Barney looks up and he's like, Did you he didn't say did you spank him? But that that's the, the kind of look that he gives uh to Andy. And uh Andy says, No, I didn't spank him. And Barney says, Oh well, that's good. Just not necessary. He learned his lesson. A good talking to is the best thing, making him stay in his room. And then Andy says, I didn't do that either. Well, Barney says, what did you do? And Andy says, I told him I believed him. And, and Andy, uh, or Barney starts freaking out. He says, you told him you believe? And he stops and he says, but Andy, what he told you is impossible. And uh, Andy says, well, a whole lot of times I've asked him to believe things that to his mind must have seemed just as impossible. And Barney says, but, but Andy, this silver hat and the jingling and the smoke from the ears, what about all that? And Andy says, oh, I don't know, Barn. I guess it's time like a, a time like this when you're asked to believe something that just don't seem possible. That's the moment that decides whether you got faith in somebody or not. And Barney says, yeah, but how can you explain it all? And Andy says, I can't. And then Barney says, but do you believe in Mr. McBeavy? No, 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 Andy says. But Andy, listen to what Andy says, and this is it. He says, I do believe in Opie. And so the next scene is Andy going back to the spot in the woods, and he's under the tree, and he shakes his head, and he says, Mr. McBeavy. And about that time, Mr. McBeavy says hello, and he comes down from the trees, and he meets Andy, and they shake hands, and and, and Andy's just smiling, from ear, grinning from ear to ear. And he, he, he says, you got a, a shiny hat and, you, and a, a belt that jingles. And he said, I bet you can make smoke come out of your ears, too. And, and, and he says, yes, I sure can. Um, 
But Andy knew that Opie was an honest kid, and he knows his son well. And he believed in Opie. He trusted in Opie. And that's exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples. He's saying, believe in me, just like Andy believed in Opie. Let's take a break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk. And you get to be a part of this movement, too. I'll see you there. Jesus tells his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Everything's going to be okay. When COVID first started, uh, one of my neighbors, when, when I, every time you pass by their house, uh, they have a sign out by, at the end of their driveway that says in big it's a big white sign in black letter, so it stands out, and, it's, and there's some flowers around it or something, ribbons, I don't know. But it says, everything is going to be okay. And that's exactly what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples here. I'm, I'm going to be leaving you for a little while, but I'm going to come back. And when I come back and get you, you're going to be with me forever. Everything's going to be okay. Just trust in God. Trust in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be freaking out on me here. Trust in God. Believe in God. Trust in me. Believe in me. Put your confidence in me. And so he's going to give these guys just a little glimpse of heaven here when he says, There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. Now, the King James Version that uses the words mansion here. Um, I'm going to prepare a mansion for you. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but that's a poor translation. You're, you're more than likely you're not going to have a mansion in heaven uh, the New Living Translation has uh, the, the best uh, translation here when it says there, uh, there is room for you in heaven. There is a room for you in heaven. I'm preparing a place, a room for you in heaven where you can, it, it, the point of it, it all is anyway, is to be with Jesus, to be with the Father, to be with the Holy Spirit for eternity. Who cares if, if, if we don't even have a room? I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind being a homeless person as long as I got to be in heaven for eternity uh, with Jesus and to be worshiping Him for eternity. Um, so who cares? But the correct translation is, there is more than enough room in my Father's home. Um, 
And like I said, the key is that so many people focus on this word mansion in heaven or room in heaven. But what we should be focused on is the point that Jesus makes to his disciples that he told them that he's going to be leaving them. And to comfort them, he says, I'm going to my father's home. I'm going to I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to prepare a place for you, I will come back and get you. And then you're going to be with me where I am in heaven, in my Father's home forever, for eternity, right? And that, that's the whole point. And so Jesus continues uh, his conversation with these guys, for, and for the next two chapters, I mean, it, it, this goes from Jesus, the book of John, the way we started out in John chapter 1, is Jesus is on the scene, and, and he's always taking care of, of people and he's always meeting needs and people are coming to him they're flocking to him and you know asking this to be healed this person to be healed you know blind eyes deaf ears leper whatever uh make this wine make more wine whatever jesus is meeting people's needs and and, and it's always crowds of people thronging jesus everywhere that he goes and now we have this intimate setting well, these 11 men, because Judas is gone, so there's 11 left. And, and Jesus is saying, look, guys, this is it. And it's going to be up to you. And, and so he's having this intimate time in this room with these 11 men that are left. And at the end of chapter 16, we'll see when we get there. But he says, do you finally believe? And they didn't. They, they just didn't get it. Not until the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter two, and that's when they finally kind of come around. And the, you know, if you think about it, the disciples are—they're so much like us. They were ordinary, everyday people, fishermen, tax collectors, whatever, whoever. And the, but they were just ordinary people like you and me that Jesus handpicked and chose and said, "Come be a part of my inner circle, and I'm going to pour myself into you, and I, I'm going to take uh, you, you ordinary men." And I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to live inside of you. Me and my father are going to live inside of you. And you're going to change the world. You're, you're going to make a, the, the greatest impact in the world. Because you're going to, uh, my, I'm going to start my kingdom. And you're going to take the keys to the kingdom. And you're going to grow it. And you're going to build it. But you're not going to be by yourself. And that's why he's telling them here in John chapter 14. He says, uh, uh, I'm going to give you a helper. And that's what we're going to get into here in, in, in just a minute. But he says, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to. I'm not going to abandon you. And that's why you know we had the same promise in the Book of Hebrews. Jesus says, "I will never leave you. I will never forsake you." And that's what he's trying to get these guys to understand as they're they're freaking out uh, after what he has told them that he is going to be leaving them very soon. And so, um, when he he carries on his conversation and he he tells them that he 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 says uh, i'm going to my father's home and i'm going to prepare a place for you and and you're going to always be with me they're, they're like we don't even know what you're talking about and so uh a question is thrown thrown out by thomas uh and because jesus has said you know the way to where i'm going and thomas speaks up and he says it's almost as if he's interrupting jesus as he's talking he says nope nope Nope, we hold on there, Lord. We don't know. We don't know where you're going. We don't have a clue to where you're going. So how can we know the way? 
which, you know, in my opinion, it sounds like an honest and sincere question. And John 14, verse 6 is Jesus' answer to Thomas' question. And it's probably one of the most quoted verses in the Bible when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You see, in today's time, and it, it, no, it's, it's been this way for a long time, um, people want to believe that there's more than one way to God. And, and, and people jump all over and say, no, there's only one way to God, and that's Jesus. That's not necessarily true. When people say there, there's more than one way to God, they're correct. And I'll tell you, what, let me explain to you what I mean. We can live any way we want to. We can live our own lives. We can go our own way. We can do our own thing, much like the prodigal son. And, and we don't have to accept Christ. And we don't have to follow Jesus. We, can, we don't have to follow God and His Word. We can do whatever we want to. We can live in sin our whole lives and, and die without Christ. And you know what? We're still going to meet God. Because the Bible says over and over and over, uh, Paul says it several times, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So whether we ever accept Christ or not, if we live our own lives and we die in sin, guess what? One day we will all, even people who are lost, will come before Jesus, will bow their knees before Jesus. They will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. But here's the thing. It'll be too late for them because they're going to hear, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. In other words, you had all kinds of time. You had all kinds of chances to accept me as your Lord and Savior. And you always said no. And you never come around to it. And so now you have died in your sins and you've rejected me. And now I'm rejecting you because I never had a relationship with you. Oh, I tried. I sent people your way and they shared the gospel message with you, but you rejected it. You chose not to listen to what they had to say. Or you listened and you said, no, thank you. I, I don't want to have any part of that. So there, there is more than one way to God. You do your own thing. You do what you want to do. And you're going to come before God anyway. But there is only one way to be saved and to have a right relationship with God, and that is through Jesus. And that's what people need to say. There's all kinds of ways to get to heaven, because we're all going to be in heaven at one point. But if those who have never been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and put Him on His Lord and Savior, they will be kicked out on Judgment Day. They're going to bow the knee, they're going to confess Christ as Lord, and He's going to say, sorry, I never knew you, you had your chance. Now, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, uh, Luke writes, There is salvation in no, other, no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. If we want to spend eternity with God, forever and ever with God, then we must come or go through Jesus. We must make Him our Lord and Savior. We must confess Him. Uh, as Lord and Savior, put our faith in, if you will, believe in, as Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, to trust in Jesus, his son, and that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he was put in that tomb for three days, and then on that third day he came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. 
that He paid our sin debt so that we could be forgiven. And so this goes right over the disciples' heads. And um, Philip chimes in and he says, Lord, show us the Father and, and, and we'll be satisfied. We'll be satisfied. And this is basically a self-admittance that they don't, they don't like what's going on here and they're not really trusting in Jesus and they're full of fear and doubt, much like we are uh, in our daily lives. Fear and doubt. Two of the greatest tools that the devil uses against God's people. Because if he can keep us in fear and if he can keep us doubting God, then our faith becomes weak and we're no threat to him. And this is the perfect example because these guys, they, they fall to pieces during this time when they're thinking, hey, our, our faith is strong. We'll die with you. And Peter's like, I'll never deny you. I'll, I'll die with you. And, and one of the gospels says, and so likewise said they all. Every one of them agreed that they would die with Jesus. But yet when he is uh, being crucified, when he's being beaten by the Roman soldiers and he's put on that cross, they're all scattered. And matter of fact, uh, Peter goes to fishing. Uh, Thomas is uh, doubting everything that they're saying when Jesus shows himself for the first time. And when, uh, when Mary goes to the tomb and discovers that Jesus' body is missing, and she comes running back and tells the disciples, you know where they're at? They're in a room hiding with the door locked so nobody can get in. They're full of fear. They're full of doubt. And like I said, that's one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses against God's people. Because if he can get us to, to live in fear and not faith, if he can get us to live in doubt and not faith, well, then we become cowards and we, we're cowardly and we're scared to death. And if we, oh, if we share our faith here, if we share our faith, if we tell that person that that's a sin or if we tell that person they need Jesus, well, you know, oh, mercy. Somebody, you know, we, we, what's the, the cancel culture that's going on now? They may cancel me. You know, big deal. Cancel me. Who cares? Jesus is all that matters. And then that's why I do these podcasts. So I, I want people to know Jesus. And I want people to hear about Jesus because I want them to have the hope that we have, that you and I have. I, I don't, I don't want to be selfish with Jesus. And uh, I just want people to know about Jesus. And so after uh, they're full of fear, they're full of doubt, but it's not until Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls on them and, and, and they're filled, just like Jesus talks about here in John chapter 14, as we'll get into in the next uh, podcast. But when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, their fear and doubt is erased. It's completely gone. And they had that confidence that Jesus is talking about when he says, uh, put your confidence in God. Put your confidence in me. That's exactly what they do. And we see that confidence because they start getting beaten for their faith and, they, and they're told to shut up. And they don't shut up and they keep telling people about Jesus despite being beaten. And then the next thing you know, they're being beheaded for their, their faith, but they don't give up. They keep going. They keep telling people about Jesus. And so that is my prayer that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that Jesus lives inside of you. And if, if Jesus lives inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be confident. 
You can believe in. You can have confidence in God. You can have confidence. You can trust in. You can believe in Christ. And I pray that you today, that you have that faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And as you listen to these podcasts, uh, I pray that your faith grows stronger and stronger and that you are able to share your faith with others. And if you're kind of timid about uh, sharing your faith with others, share with them this podcast. Share with them uh, uh, the Grind It podcast and let them hear the gospel from me. Uh, and if they have any questions, they can email me at grinditpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, uh, send me an email and I will reply just as soon as I can. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look. All my life.